0: You pleased with God, God pleased with you, enter inside my servants, you have entered my garden. This too is part of the path of love, where God's supreme pleasure and the highest paradise is attainable here and now inside the hearts of God's devotees. Love is not merely an emotion, but the very unleashing of God on earth It is one that shapes our individual soaring to God as much as it shapes what it means to live in harmony with one another in a beloved community. To live in a beloved community takes harmony and a commitment to sharing finite resources in a way that guarantees the dignity of all, meeting the needs of all. That harmony we call justice. Many traditions link together the dimensions of love and social justice. In Islam, the realm of spirituality, Ishan, rendered in the verse below as love, literally means to bring into reality what is good and beautiful. Ishan, the dimension of love, harmony, and beauty, is a commitment to realize and actualize love here and now, to be spiritually awake. We must, we have, (laughs) to make goodness and beauty real. In a popular prophetic tradition, ishan stands for the aspect of the path to God that is higher than wholehearted surrender to God, Islam, and faith, iman. In the Quranic verse below, the divine command links together this dimension of love, mercy, and beauty, ishan, with that of social justice in a way that is reminiscent of the American civil rights tradition. When love enters the public sphere, we call it justice. This is God's command, love and justice. And this is from chapter 16, the 90th verse of chapter 16 in the Quran. In this Quranic verse, God commands humanity to both Ishan rendered here as love and justice. Love and justice are seen as being intrinsically connected. This radical love is one that moves inward and shows up as tenderness and pours outward and shines as justice. To be a mystic of the path of radical love necessitates tenderness in our intimate dealings and a fierce commitment to social justice in the community we live in both local and global. This was shared um, with me um, by my great friend, uh, Sanam Imami. And this is from Radical Love, Teachings from the Islamic Mystical Tradition um, by Omid Safi. Welcome back and happy Libra season? put a question mark there because I'm not necessarily happy right now. Um, but I think that perfectly captured what this season seeks to inspire in each of us, what Libra people, what Libra placements seek to inspire in each of us. Um, and whether we get that or not is is one thing but it's there (laughs) it's always there libra the seventh sign of our zodiac the scales is the only object it is the only object everything else in the zodiac is a person or an animal. I remember um, when learning about nouns, this is so random, um, but you know, it's a, a person, place, or thing, or an idea. And the idea part of a noun really just kind of confused me. kind of in the same way that like Libras and their existence kind of just confuses me. It's not shade. It's just, it's just how I feel. <laughs> so out of place, uh, but so perfectly placed. Uh, and, a and a call in, um, you know, we, we speak so much about the medicine of animals, the m- healing of people, How often do we think about things or ideas as healing? I don't know if that makes sense. It's just what's on my heart right now. As um, Colin from, uh, I think that's his name, uh, Queer Cosmos uh, put in perspective, so much of about Libra season is about contradiction. We just had the the equinox yesterday, and it occurred to me, of course, given the fact that Libra is the scales, which is about balance and harmony, um, that the equinox um, being of equal day. And night, there are only two days out of 365.25 days in which the amount of dark and light is equal. I'm going to say that again. There are only two days of 365.25 days in which the balance of light and dark is equal and we're moving in the northern hemisphere at least hello if you're joining from the southern hemisphere where you're experiencing the opposite of what i'm about to say but um, we're moving in a space in which there will be more, increasingly more darkness than there is light. And that being put into perspective, even though it's something that happens every day and has happened every single day since our planet's first day of existence, right? Like literally since day one. Um, In this moment, uh, as we're heading into so much, right? I'm not even gonna name things, but we know what's coming, right? (laughs) that's scary like let's just name that that's really scary Um, that we are going to experience so much more physical darkness uh, which will also be mirrored internally and be internal darkness as well when you think about all of the things that emerge um, as it gets colder outside for us. I mean, there are people who like the cold. I'm not one of those people. Um, But it definitely, you know, seasonal affective disorder is like a whole ass thing, right? The winter and the cold can be very um, depressing for many. um, Because it's a moment in which there is less sun. And we know how life-giving the sun is. Remember that the sun is in detriment in the sign Libra. Um, I'm sorry, in fall, not detriment. One thing that again thank you Sanam um for bringing to my attention when we're experiencing the winter solstice which we are coming towards it is the moment in which the light is born um and this is something we see mirrored through cross-culturally right in Christmas in Diwali in Hanukkah Um, all of these moments of welcoming um, this light that becomes increasingly more visible as we inch towards the spring. Um, And the other thing about light being that, again, as (laughs) Sana brought to my attention, is not necessarily about warmth, right? But about awareness and bringing things into our awareness. The thing I often, and this may be, I don't remember what the last thing I said was because someone came and interrupted me. Um, but you know, I, it's uh, Libra is ruled by Venus and we connect Venus so much to love in the romantic sense. Um, well, because we live in a very heteronormative, backwards, patriarchal society. So, of course, but um, I deeply do not connect to that idea um, around Libras, um, and I think while many of them do, um, I personally think, especially when we're talking about, um, Libra women and femmes, um, think it has a lot more to do with socialization rather than, like, that actually being the core of what they're about, right? Because we're told, like, romantic relationships are the most important type of relationships that we have. Um, But there is this, you know, constant question of, like, not just what it means to uh, relate to others, um, but what does it mean to relate to everything outside of you um damn it hold on for our good virgo season um i talked about um virgo season or mutable signs in general being about creating more possibilities um which again um in emergent strategy is the element that's connecting to um how we move towards life and i think when i think about the cardinal signs i was thinking again these are just my thoughts um about the interdependence um and decentralization who we are and how we share. And it's really interesting because in that chapter, A and B talks about, um, uh, 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 what's it called? Um, She uh, quotes so many, or she provides a moment for faith and It speaks so much to movement building, being so deeply connected to faith. And I think outside of the colonized um, versions of Abrahamic religions that we experience um, or the ways that Abrahamic religions are shared through trauma related to a number of different systems right for a number of different reasons like you know it's not the same um in every country or with every person right um or every group connected to said um religions right um but i think you know the these things did not exist for nothing I think as we know and many of us have experienced there has been this very deep perversion um, of uh, religion that has been used to control and manipulate people and is more about domination and manipulation and power hoarding and information hoarding sharing and distortion And more about keeping people, you know, subjugated rather than being about what we just talked about, which is like this beautiful call, not just from some guy, right, or some person, but from the creator themselves for love and justice. And I feel like the Libra archetype so poignantly, because I, I truly, and I think I've said this before, Libras are such mirrors, you know, of where love is present and where it is not. Where justice is present and where justice is not present. Where we are missing radical love And so in these spaces of extreme polarization, right, and in these moments in which things are so polarized and people are so angry and people are so hurt and people are sharing and and living and being chewed up and spit out by their trauma other people's trauma our collective trauma it all demonstrates and mirrors back to us where there is no love where love is not present and again not in a romantic sense but in the i made you in the image of me because that's how deeply I love you sense. And so in a time in which we become increasingly aware, not only in our world, but within ourselves, of where love is not present it gives us an opportunity to pour it intently um, into ourselves and and in whatever way that you you find the need to do that but I invite you in a space in which you are experiencing polarization, you call in love and you ask yourself, is love present right now? And how can I make love present right now? You know, we have an abundance of anger and hatred on this earth (laughs) right now. And it's really frustrating to me that we can't collectively wrap our head around the fact that all of this that that we experience and again this isn't to minimize anything and I think y'all know that um, that that's not the place that I come from I'm not a a spiritual bypassing ass bitch I hate that type of shit Um, but it really is truly about how Love is not present. And, you know, we, we think stuff, things that talk about that um, are corny. We think that love and the presence of love um, is, again, not this, mode by which we can hold people accountable because that's exactly what it is we have to remember that Saturn is exalted in Libra so there is this fundamental understanding of how deeply connected uh responsibility uh and karma are um intertwined with and time uh, as well is interconnected with love and justice or as it says in the quran ishan so we're experiencing a lot a lot a lot a lot of different Um, intense moments and you know it's really funny I that equinox yesterday like there being a balance of dark and light um, which is kind of how my day expressed itself was so weird like it felt so weird it was so hard on me um, emotionally mentally physically because it's again it's so rare lots of the time we're either completely not completely but deeply immersed in lots of darkness and there is the presence of light but we're mostly surrounded by darkness or we're mostly surrounded by light and there also is darkness present as well right it's never um within our personal cycles You know, those moments in which you're like, wow, things are balanced. (laughs) Don't really usually last that long. And that's not good or bad, right? It just is. And that's what nature is here to teach us. Like that is just what it is. Um... going back to this conversation about peace, apparently on Monday it was the UN's International Day of Peace. And I will to continue to talk about Libra and contradiction and, and mirrors um, it, and imperfection because there is So much that is paradoxical about human existence and being in relationship to things because we we live and experience duality right so I actually my mind just completely went blank right now um, Peace. Yes. The. I know that the word litmus test is usually used in relation to politics, which I don't like because like, that's not what we're doing right here. But like, I'm going to use it. The purity litmus test. Serves no one. When. When everything exists in relationship to contradiction which again leapers are trying to show us and teach us and we're like oh they don't know how to decide oh they don't do and it's like maybe things are just not as simple as everyone thinks that they are and virgo gets this virgo understands that everything isn't as simple capricorn also understands that everything is not as simple as people make it seem I would even argue that Aquarius also gets that as well. There is just this fundamental understanding that life is and people are and things in general, everything is so much more complex than we think that it is. But equally on the other end of things, things are also that simple. And so, you know, I think where we're seeing, especially over the last couple of days, you know, we have experienced a lot, um, the finger pointing and you're not radical if you think, feel, do this, that, whatever, you know, is, is really, it's annoying because that's just not how life works right? And we're going to have to understand that even when someone's idea um, and how they view liberation, again, and this is if someone is in service of liberation, right? It may not always be the same vision that we possess. And that is not a reason to discredit or judge someone else but an opportunity to listen even if we don't agree and right I'm not the type of person who um thinks that um agreeing to disagree about like people's fundamental like human rights is like (laughs) acceptable (laughs) but the nuances in the way that we get there may differ and there may be people who have more expansive ways of thinking than you do or they may not and they may also have a point right they may not have read all the books they may not have had the same exact experience as you but there's something that they can offer um that is insightful and that also is in service of the same mission that that you possess as well right this is we're not all the same person and that's also something that Libras understand right as opposed to Aries they're like what do you mean you don't do this like what everyone (laughs) did. like I don't get it why would you not do it just like this Virgo too is like that right um but the because contradiction exists in everyone and again i'm going to quote you sanam if you're listening which you probably are um we're not going to find the buddha in the public we're not going to find the perfectly enlightened uh Balanced, harmonious being in the public, because that's not what we co- even collectively signed up for, right? We signed up. Who are we going to go there? Let's go there to experience separation from the creator. And look what we've done with that experiment. I personally think we've taken it too fucking far. Um, like, we, we didn't have to do it like this. This is crazy. Um, the need to eliminate contradiction um, is, again, to kind of like reference you know what queer cosmos was talking about is to me at least akin to like erasing the thing that makes us human and makes this experience what it is right and again that's not to say that we have to compromise on things like black people deserving to just like exist or like people just you know anyway so it uh (laughs) <laughs> Why don't I have words? I had so many words, and now I have no words. Um, there, so many people that we idolize, which is one—that's the issue, right? Um, and so many people that uh we look to, um, and are inspired by, have done or said things, um, that are deeply harmful either to people collectively or even to individual people in their lives. When you think about MLK, you know, and all of the amazing things that he did, um, he was out here cheating on Coretta Scott King with white women. What? We think about, you know, Rosa Parks and how she was chosen because of respectability politics, right? Um, To be the representative of this refusal to abide by um, these ridiculous, you know, laws centered around segregation but like yet the civil rights movement and and that moment is so important to us you want to think about within the black panther party and how powerful that was for black radical tradition right but also within the same party black women were being raped as practice to then be with white women we think about fidel castro and you know if you listen to the things that he says and the very poignant ways that he speaks to how people are so deeply harmed um, by american capitalism um and yet and yet he was a dictator right and he was someone who did not know when it was time to pass the power on to someone else as well as a number of uh, 1,000 other issues that existed within Cuba in relation to race um uh and other social issues that people experienced living there as well, which has of course resulted in there being (laughs) all these conservative Cubans that now live in Florida. (laughs) Right? Um, We can go on and on. Um, This time last year, Amanda Ellis had published a video channeling John Lennon And I was like, absolutely not. I will not watch that. There's nothing that I want to hear from him. Um, I had assumed, you know, there were a number of of other things and ways that he has inflicted harm. But the one in particular that I thought was him, but actually was Yoko Ono, um, was the phrase, um, women are the n-word of the world right and i was like why would i want to listen to someone who has that to say right and i ended up listening to the video uh which was titled peace isn't a dirty word and you know of course i think there's the song give peace a chance and i was like huh Everything he has to say is deeply true. All of it. In this video, not anything that he was saying in Waking Life, because I don't know too much about that. And it's a message that our world definitely needs and I feel lots of confusion around even receiving that message from from him granted right he's not alive and so this was him speaking um, as himself no longer existing on earth right and I think that piece as well of in relating to people and in how they've related to us and how they've related to the world in what way do they reconcile that what room is there for them to do that especially if someone is no longer on this earth Um, but also what do we do when someone is so far from love That they refuse to be held accountable. I don't know. Right? Libra asks all the hard questions because we're constantly weighing everything. And these are some of the things that we have to weigh. And it's frustrating as hell. I'm going to take a break and I'll be back. Hey there. Thank you for listening to another week of movement workers guide to astrology. I'm hosting a giveaway because like, why not? Um, what are the things that I'm giving away? Well, listener Imahi will be giving away. <laughs> I'm so ridiculous. Okay. I will be giving away a 30 minute, um, reading in which we'll cover your sun, moon and rising. Sounds like, like it's not a lot, but there's so much there, so much exciting stuff to cover. Um, as well as two of my favorite astrology books, um, astrology and storytelling by Alice Cat, as well as, um, the spiral of life by Virginia Meyer and Joanne Wickenberg. Uh, I'll also be giving you, sending you a really cute little tarot letter, um, in which it just has a brief little reading based on some random tarot cards that I pulled and it's just, you know, cute and nice as well as a couple of other really amazing, awesome things that I cannot say because I don't know what they are yet. I will find the inspiration to know what I need to send to you exactly, right? There will just be one winner. Um, Depending on how this goes, this might be something that I do again. It probably absolutely will be Um, if you're interested, um, I've put the link to the email list, um, email that I sent out with both the directions as well as a list of all the prizes that you'll receive. And yeah, it's in the description box. I'm looking forward to reading your submissions. Okay. So in the short of it, um, The main thing we explore in Libra season is how to hold contradicting truths in ourselves, in our world, in our relationships, in our relationship to the world, um, how do we move towards harmony and and balance while holding that? You know, I have been so frustrated and confused. Hello Mercury and Libra. Um, for like the last like week, um like being, you know, deeply hurt and, and angry at this country and these systems, but like also sitting in the really weird truth that like I would not exist without any of them this conversation would not exist Um. nothing that we do in this moment would exist and so like a part of me is like I wish this never happened but a a other part of me is like if if none of this happened none of us would be here and i think that's something deeply uncomfortable to sit with which is why i think um contradiction um is so deeply unsettling because of what it points out about how we exist in relationship to the world and how really quite honestly fucked up that can be Um, and a part of mitigating that I think is, is deeply tied to one acceptance that it just is right. But then also that love and justice piece where we ensure that that never has to be the case ever again. And I think, it, it gets really watery or foggy, whatever, um, when we think about that because it's like how, how, I don't know. It, it could be this, it could be that, but like how can we do this and how can this work if this exists and this can't work if this exists and this is happening, you know. And then we all start to sound like Libras And it, again, relationship is so complex. But I always think, um, especially in relation to our movements, you know, this will never exist again. We are going to tear this down, but like, while we're still here, who is supporting us? What are we doing to make sure that we exist in the present? And when this is gone, where will people go? Right? building new worlds is so important but ensuring that people can exist in the current one that we have especially the people who are supposed to be helping to create that new world or even just people who will just live in it is also deeply important and I think that's also a part that we have to to come into accepting And, you know, I think that's hard because we see how deeply these systems hurt us. And so it's, you know, it's not even a matter of like fixing and reforming from within. It's about if it's possible in some way, you know, ensuring survival, Um, but also knowing some of the things that we create right now may be temporary. Um, as we move towards something new that also is being built and the seeds are being planted for it now, right? The light will be born in December. And it doesn't mean that it will be as visible, but it's growing, right? We think about a seed and we think about the, the dying process that's happening, um, within the cycle of the seasons, right? It's fall, everything is starting to fall apart. We've already reached the harvest, the peak point. Now everything is just being recycled, um, reconfigured and discarded and decomposed and used as composition for the next thing now let's talk about these transients so yesterday not yesterday this was two days ago my goodness okay so on the 21st um, we experienced the second um, of three squares um, between Mercury and our great outer planets sitting in the sign of Capricorn So with Mercury and Libra, there is this constant weighing um, of what it means to relate again to other people um, and to the world. And so it's an energy in which we can dip into I think some of our most formative ways of relating to people. And I mean that in like in the world. And I mean that in the best in the, in the worst way. But I also say that because, um, oh, because Venus is in, um, Leo. So at that time, okay. where the sun had not yet moved, um, into Leo or into Libra. It was still in Virgo um so there was this um inner child uh healing undertone that was present um within it uh this energy in which it's like how are we relating to people what is the tension we that arises in relating to people, especially in the presence of um, a imbalance in power? Um, and also, I think, in awareness of where power um, who or who power is present with, especially in relation to um, structures and systems that you find yourself existing within. And so it, being that it is a square, it might've been something that may have kind of manifested more internally in terms of attention, um, that you're feeling in, again, relating to, uh, systems and structures in which it's like, well, you know, I'm trying (laughs) to relate, uh, but what you're asking of me um, or what is being affirmed and where authority is being given and directed to does not include me. Um, and so it, it invited an opportunity to reframe the way that we think about authority and power, who possesses it, um, who we've been told does not possess it. Um, and the stories that we share with each other and I think more importantly ourselves around who and who does not have power um and how that is deeply reflective of um again what we've been taught about our existence one of the things with Venus in Leo um that I talked about in an episode that was not published because it has nothing to do with anything that we're well that's not true because I'm saying it now um the, the thing with Venus and Leo is that the, we have to remember, right, Venus being about self-worth, when we are experiencing anything, literally anything, um, especially when we are um, inviting in um new experiences um especially things that um expose us to to stress um or may even potentially wound um or traumatize us and we have to remember oh, this freaking fruit fly um that stress is not just negative stress right there's positive stress too um when we're in the process of in inviting in transformation Um, and inviting in newness, the inner child is experiencing that with us. And I think so often, and I'm guilty of this as well, we don't consider that part of ourselves and its relationship to what's shifting and happening outside of us. So if you think about yourself as being someone who is expanding the way that they think about themselves, um, the way that they think about the world. Um, and in this expansion of your, your viewpoint and of your mind um, is ultimately an expansion of how you, again, you're viewing yourself and how you feel about yourself. So you're unlearning outdated structures and things that were, were taught to you about your existence. But have you checked in with that version of you that still believes in those things? Because that version of you is being carried, right? And so what I see in this um, Mercury square to Pluto in particular is that, right? In which you're like, no, well, like I've read the books. I've, you know, met the people and, and done the things. Like I know that this isn't fair and I know that, you know, I have power um, and I know how to access my power, right? Right. Um, despite what these systems say. And if there's like this part of you that's like, well, I don't feel that way. And that's not true, right? And I think that also kind of speaks to where the contradiction um, arises, not just within you, but outside of you as well. And I think with Mercury and square Pluto in particular, there is this defensiveness um, that we feel because pluto awakens uh this very like deep very deep set programmed um piece of us that needs to heal again and it's in relation to the systems and structures that we live in right and so like as things again this was the 21st and so the the aspect was strengthening in the wee hours of the night Um, on the 20th um, and and was intensified um, early in the morning so like as you're feeling that and you're feeling the stress and this tension and there may be this kind of call to you know you might have went off on somebody or engaged in negative self-talk it's it's that right and I think what I love about um, transits in relation to the moon is that like the moon We think about the planets like this ongoing conversation. The moon is gonna cross over every single planet, every single month, and talk to it about what's going on in your life or going on within this transit. And it carries all of that, you know, to these really strong um, energetic check-ins, our new moon and our full moon, To be like, this is everything that you've been dealing with in this cycle, and this is how it's culminating, or this is how it's falling apart. So today, it is the quarter moon. In a couple minutes, in seven minutes, seven no eight minutes for me, um, the quarter moon will be exact. Um, And so it it's stressful. And, you know, the, the other piece today dealing with Mercury square Saturn this morning, uh, is my goodness. Again, this really frustrating battle with like who and what we give authority to. And I experienced this today in like having, um, uh, a discussion well it was not a discussion it was an argument um with my brother which he said something that affirmed uh a, a belief about myself that I still hold on to very deeply and it made me so angry um Mercury square Saturn is the voice of authority but we have to remember that we are the people who, you know, each of us individually um, can give and take away authority from anything or anyone. And so it is an assessment of what do you give power to in this relationship to an idea, to a person, to a thought, whatever it may be, where are you giving power And in this giving of this power and authority, as I asked you and invited you to do at the beginning, is love present? And if love is not present, it's time to reassess. To talk about the quarter moon, which is going to be at, let me pull up Planet Watcher. Oh, we fancy at one degree and 26 minutes of, um, Capricorn. What does that say? I should have known it was that cause like the sun literally just, okay. Let's not go there. Ooh, I love this. Three rose windows in a Gothic church, one damaged by war. The necessary realization by any individual making a violent use of collective power that it will lead to the inevitable destruction of some of the values ensuring group integration. That's very interesting for today. Um, It seems obvious that the interpretation of this symbol, symbol should refer to the disruptive consequences of war. The chief who claimed power from his tribe in order to lead or save it must reckon with the consequences of a too impulsive use of this power in terms of violence. The integration he seeks to maintain or enhance may be partially destroyed if in his ambition he yearns to be the victorious war leader glorified by his people. A rose window is not absolutely essential to a cathedral, yet it symbolizes that through which the light of the spirit enters the edifice. That's very interesting. Man's soul is said to be threefold. Ooh, this is fun. We've talked about this in a previous episode. Which part of man's inner trinity or principle of principles tends to be destroyed by the use of violence. Evidently, the principle of love and compassion. This second stage symbol is in contrast to the preceding one because it opposes the power to destroy to the power to build the capital of group energies is partially squandered in armament, armament armaments and death let me read that sentence again because that sounded terrible the capital of a group energies is partially squandered in armaments and death waste is the opposite of group integration so when we think about the ways that we police ourselves in relation to these systems and structures internally and we think about how like that is representative to me at least of like this rose window that's damaged by war and and by war I mean the war that we face internally in relation to what we've internalized outside of ourselves right like the reason these systems continue is because they wreak so much havoc within us within our minds um they permeate our consciousness in a way that's deeply uncomfortable and largely very difficult to to observe um and see unless something brings it into um perspective and i think that's why calling in love you know allows us to see that the window is broken and so the way that the three windows are representative of that tripartite soul the way that Rudyard um, this, this book is just so great it's just so great the way that he was able to it put that slide that in there and we'll talk about something in relation to that at the end of the podcast And it's, and I'll also reference a previous episode in which I talked about this. Um, The, the soul having many parts, right? Well, let's talk about it now. Well, in the, well, one of the things that I thought about at the beginning, which I knew I should have said, is that within the last couple of days or within this last week, there has been this overwhelming presence of all three Abrahamic religions we brought that energy in today right Um, with uh, starting with this Quranic verse and this and this um, that passage um, from radical love right Uh, yesterday the other day I was talking about the Pope the Pope has been saying like some like kind of like radical things um, and I, rattle, I, maybe I should not use that word, but like in relation to how conservative and like how, uh, tight and tense their buttholes are in the church, right. Um, around anyone saying anything, um, about sex or queer people, or what you know, we, the list can go on and on and on, right? You know, and having a pope that even would say that God literally loves all of us exactly the way that we are, um, is so contradictory to the message that is shared, um, and the way that, of course, religion is used to, to harm people, which we talked about at the beginning. And then, of course, um, on Friday, Uh, at sundown um, was the beginning of Rosh Hashanah um, and also happened to be that um, the day that um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed and so people were I guess when someone um, this is not my opinion I am just stating something dies on um, Rosh Hashanah they are are considered to be a, a righteous person right and so like uh, to me, all of these things, and on that day, the, the moon was in Libra. Um, all of these things are deeply interconnected to the original and, and pure messages of those belief systems that have quite honestly been tainted, right? Um, in the way that they've been shared, um, and, and the way that they've been conceptualized and talked about, right? We live in a very Islamophobic phobic country. And so this awareness of like all of these you know messengers and and messages that formulate right those are not the only religions in the world but formulate um a majority of the way that people frame and understand and relate to god right and ultimately how we relate to ourselves and so like this moon is really calling into perspective how disillusioned um, we are again through the systems that exist within our world from how truly amazing we are. I think the biggest relationship that we're called to examine during Libra um, in uh, during Libra season is going to be our relationship to ourselves and and how that version of us is is a result of the relationship with the world, right? And that may kind of sound contradictory because like that's the Aries thing, right? But like all is relationship. All is relationship. Even the self is relationship. And so going again back to to calling in that that love and justice. And being Push to move forward, right? So we have this awareness of like, oh, this is something that absolutely is going to have to be uh, let go of, um, and and in what way? Again, in relation to the self, will come into perspective once we get to the full moon next week. Then we have um, Mars opposite. Um, mercury on the 24th and to, it just feels very deeply like who told this lie this is not a truth this is not a truth that i live by and and because mars and in, in aries is so deeply connected to like um being like anti-authority, anti-responsibility, um, being very, I play by my own rules. It, I think cycles us through the frustration that we felt um, and like, in a way kind of like, it's like we feel this inner tension, right? When we have a square And then when the opposition forms, it's like, oh, that's what that is, right? And so, like, as Mars and Aries, Mars retrograde in Aries has us exploring, you know, what we really feel um, about our identity and how much we do and more likely do not have um, to give um, outside of us. And like what battles we don't have the capacity to fight um, and are kind of quite honestly tired of fighting as well. And so it, it, it puts in perspective like the, the thoughts and ideas and the, the attitudes that you possess um that are in deeply intertwined with uh the things that you have come to learn about yourself um and the world and your personal as well as our collective um fight for survival you know it's it's awakening this sense of anger and frustration specifically an awareness of, like, how, like, deeply, um, uncared for, um, some of the pieces of you have been, or, or the ways in which boundaries have been, um, crossed, um, or ways in which you have had to adopt a way of thinking, um, in relationship, again, to other people into the world, because you needed to survive, but also exploring the way that you have to kind of outgrow that in order to choose to relate to the world in a different way, and to be able to choose to move forward in a different way. Um, you know, when it comes to Mars and Aries, like I feel like it's running towards this future that we're working to create together. And in it going retrograde, it demonstrates to us like this hunger um, and the this rage and this this anger and this really unsettled defensive um, hurting part of ourselves that's literally been like crying out to us for our attention, and and we're forced into a space in which we have to we just have to um, address what it needs and, and hear what it's saying. Right. So again, this will be a day to call in love and to ask where love is present and see where is it is not. Um, because let me look at the sky really quickly. There's like no water in the sky right now. Um, and so one of the things that we're going to have to remember, so there is an abundance of air and uh, earth and fire. There is nothing gentle about any of those things, right? Especially in the way that we utilize them in our, in our world right now. So like, I, I invite you to, when you're calling in love and you're calling in assistance and, and guidance to navigate some of these really difficult and frustrating transits that we're experiencing invite in compassion as well, because it's going to be very easy to display no kind of, um, compassion, um, for yourself and, and create more, um, thought patterns, and habits that are centered around shaming and, and blaming um, yourself or someone else for how they have internalized their relationship to the systems outside of them and how those systems, again, are existing within them. Fast forward to, oh my gosh, the 27th, where Mercury is moving into Scorpio. As y'all know, we have a Mercury retrograde coming up that will be starting on, I'm just finding the date, the 13th of next month. Yay, that's gonna be so awesome. I'm being sarcastic. So Mercury in Scorpio, answering to that Mars retrograde, oh my gosh. Is taking us to the space in which we experience not just like in anger, but like in deep emotional uh, <laughs> resistance um, and deep within our our bodies. Uh, these uncomfortable truths about ourselves, and it it, it invites an opportunity for us to to build trust and intimacy with ourselves and also with other people but being able to navigate all of the things that make it difficult um, to do that and that's why I always I have enjoyed these last year where we had mercury retrograde in Scorpio because I think it um, provides, if we lean into it enough, an opportunity to be a lot more vulnerable with the way that we speak um, to each other. But it lots of times also creates a a sense of paranoia um, or secrecy or this desire to kind of hide what it is that we're thinking um, because of what we think other people might be thinking about us, right? Um, It also adds a curiosity um, and an air of mystery to the way that we think. And so it's a good time to become curious about what's going on inside of you, right? And it also is a time in which it demonstrates to us maybe some of the the thought patterns um, and ways of thinking, communicating, and information sharing that we find very difficult um, to let go of. It's also about things that happen underground. Um, Ember Small of Ember Small Astrology. I love saying that sentence because it just sounds so great. Um, <laughs> I was talking about how I think it was either last year or the year before um, when there were all of the the protests around MCA in New York City Because guess what's underground and is related to communication and pathways and connection. Yes. The train. Yes. So the train, um other in underground systems and structures that exist. So there may be things that are happening with pipes. And I think of you know, things that are happening with pipes, things that are happening, uh, with foundations, um, of things, especially as Mercury opposes Uranus. Um, so kind of look out for that. Um, especially when it comes to cars, your vehicle, please, 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 please. We're about to have Mars retrograde, Mars rules cars, during a Mercury retrograde in Scorpio. Both of these signs are ruled by Mars. Mercury, of course, is related to transportation and travel. Please, 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 if you have felt like you need to do something to your vehicle, check it out now before it gets out of hand. So that you have the time and the bandwidth to potentially do something about it. The next thing I'll talk about is Saturn finally going direct on the 29th. Actually... I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it next week. But it's exciting. Because finally. But I want to stop here because this is getting too long. And I don't like that. Um, And I'm starting to fade. Yeah. That feels like a weird way to end the podcast. Let's read let us turn to what is our Sabian symbol for Scorpio Ooh. I like this the first degree of Scorpio <laughs> the first degree of Scorpio a crowded sightseeing bus on a city street. Oh, that reminds me of New York. I miss New York. Keynote, the fundamental eagerness, human eagerness to expand one's social horizon and to experience the results of collective achievements and new ways of life. In this symbol, we are dealing with a group experience of vast collective achievement. A city, individuals coming from a variety of places and backgrounds, commune in new awareness of a greater whole of human existence, an organized whole with its own rhythms of multifarious activity new feelings and expansion of consciousness result what happens in the libra phase of the cycle is given substantive substanti, <laughs> substanti- I, I cannot i cannot with words they have too many syllables oh my god substantiation substanti- what okay i'm gonna pause for a second because this is getting out of control and y'all are not about to hear me say this word wrong a fourth time If y'all could have heard me practicing this damn word, let me start over. I got it though. In this symbol, we are dealing with a group experience of vast collective achievement. A city. I don't agree with that, but you know, whatever. Individuals coming from a variety of places and backgrounds commune in new awareness of a greater whole of human existence. An organized whole with its own rhythms of multifarious activity, new feelings, and an expansion of consciousness is consciousness result what begins in the Libra phase of the cycle is given substantiation during the Scorpio phase and substantiation is the act of validating finding or testing the truth of something it's the act of determining the properties of something Um, sub is the um what is it called the little piece at the the beginning the word sub is also in the alchemical phrase or alchemical um process related to venus when it is in um prefix that's what it's called um venus when it is in Uh, Libra sub meaning under or beneath and the alchemical process um, being sublimination which is the changing from a solid to a gas like dry ice the process of initiation into collective values is now reaching the feeling nature right so when we're thinking about relating to people there's this very um I think this is also a part of the tension that we feel in in Libra season is like there is this way of relating that exists beyond the way that we superficially relate to one another and not everyone can tune into and understand that and and quite honestly within our society it's kind of looked down upon to be able to do that right there are lots of things that we're told that we shouldn't talk about um because they get to that feeling part but when we think about a city um as the as that is part of this symbol it's it is this convergence especially in an american city of so many different people and experiences um and all of those people meet and and are in uh, proximity to, and, and as they say, commune with one another. And that brings to the forefront um, where love is and is not present within the, the prejudices that we hold, within the Um, harm that we perpetuate right it's all of that uh arrives in relationship and that's the thing that makes relationship hard right and so the Scorpio phase in this part of Mercury there in particular it takes us to this in through this initiation through the mind and we understand not just this is how I've been relating to the world we understand why on an, an emotional level um, Scorpio t- and all water signs tune us into the the stories um, that create the thought process um, and the the stories what I mean by the stories is like the things that we are made to feel because of, um, because of these relationships that are formed and this initiation um, into this convergence of, of people and things and systems. This symbol begins the 43rd five-fold sequence. It refers to the first realization of what a larger whole of existence, a more encompassing frame of reference, implies in very concrete and perhaps startling terms. What is at stake is a widening of experience, right? And so the thing with Scorpio is that it it takes this uh, interaction with the external world and it either becomes a reason to snap and sting Um, or a reason to retreat. And so (coughs) we come into um, that and it is an opportunity to again view it as a widening of experience and being able to see if maybe there is something or some way that we can move closer to love. We're going to close this out um I I'm going to do a brief ceremony and I invite you to participate in whatever way you can. It requires that you get a candle and if you have an anointing oil, an anointing oil and a pen. Or something sharp. I have a long candle, so I am able to write into my candle. This is for Brianna, for Brianna Taylor. This is for her family. This is for the people who are grieving and mourning at this time. This is for those who are fighting for justice, who are fighting for peace, who are fighting for the liberation of all people. I invite you to write into your candle, justice and peace. Let us call in from the future. The feeling and the Knowing that we have achieved our liberation. And you can carve even a sentence, a prophecy, liberation onto your candle if you can and I invite you to light your candle thank you so much for tuning in this week take care of yourselves um i love you all and we will talk next week i'm not gonna promise i'll just say that we'll talk next week um for our hunter's new moon the i'm sorry full moon in aries